Hi, friends. Let's have a soul talk. Today we're talking about the importance of our emotions in all of our relationships, including with God. When Jesus says, come to me, he's inviting us to bring our emotions to him. That's where apprenticeship to Jesus starts, because we live in our emotions, whether we feel them consciously or not. We're thankful to all of you who donate to the ministry of Soul Shepherding. You enable us to help pastors and missionaries who lack resources and to provide this podcast for free to thousands of people each week. Hi, Soul Talks friends. We're so glad you're here with us. We love to hear from you. We got to read yesterday a note from a pastor in Tijuanaville that we get to go down and be with a group of about 50 pastors, Tijuana, a couple times a year. And he said, it's difficult for me to explain all that happened today in my mind and heart, these feelings and emotions, the clear way God spoke to us and how he uses his children to communicate the word he has given us. I learned today when you and Bill were leading the retreat, not only to depend more on God, but also to trust him. Let him smile through me, sing through me, speak through me so I can rest and trust in him. Such a great testimony. Our, our ministry to others is so greatly expanded when we open up to our feelings and our needs, our hurts and our longings, and we receive empathy from the Lord, from, from our spouse. Uh, in this case, it's a couple's retreat uh, from, in our small group, and these are the kinds of activities we like to do in our retreats because we just find over and over again, uh, of course, on retreat, but also in, in counseling, we find that uh, when people are able to articulate their emotions, that it helps them to experience closeness in their relationships, uh, including with the Lord. Yeah, and so we're specifically talking in this podcast today on befriending your sadness. And sadness is an emotion that we may not be quite as quick to get in touch with as some of the other emotions we've been talking about in this series. Because it's vulnerable. Uh, when we're sad, we we feel maybe little or needy inside. It's a, a tender place, a hurt place, a, a place of unmet need. And so it's difficult to open that up. Uh, as it is, we we tend to deny uh, fear and anger and guilt and these primary emotions. Um, but we especially are prone to deny. Uh, our, our deeper hurt and sadness, and to really verbalize that, to express that to somebody, it takes a lot of courage. It does. But that's the healing pathway. Uh, the healing pathway is whatever situation you're in in life, as you're processing through what happened and how you feel about it, is to look for that sense of loss, that sense of unmet need, and to articulate that with someone who gives you tender-hearted compassion. And that will help you to experience healing and restoration and growth and, of course, reconnection with the God of grace and comfort. So you were saying to me that Peter illustrates this in Scripture. Well, Peter's a great story of this because when he denied Jesus, he, he went into uh, had a lot of trouble with uh, his anger. He had trouble, of course, with guilt and shame and, and fear. You would just see that in, in his story. Uh, first, he, he cuts off the soldier's ear in the garden. He's angry and, and trying to prove to Jesus, I won't deny you. And then uh, the servant girl questions him. And it's just, just a girl, but it, it surprises Peter. And he's afraid uh, because of all what's happening to Jesus. And Jesus is not defending himself. He's been arrested and he's getting beaten up. And so Peter denies it, even knows Jesus, because he doesn't want to 
get arrested and beaten up and crucified. Uh, and, and then the cock crows three times. Jesus looks at Peter and he realizes, oh my gosh, I did deny Jesus. And then he totally goes into guilt and depression about this, feels awful about himself. Uh, and then as Jesus is, on, uh, is crucified, he and, and the other disciples run away in fear. And so we see these primary emotions in Peter. We see his anxiety and fear. We see his uh, guilt and depression and shame. And then we also see his anger and resentment and how he is having trouble with these negative, painful emotions. And it's very interesting now when Jesus goes to restore Peter because Peter is, he's just given up on being a disciple. He's going back to fishing. Even after Jesus raises from the dead and appears to Peter, Peter still is going back fishing because he just feels so unworthy. He's in such a a bad emotional state. He's very self-focused and self-absorbed around his denials and his failings. And he just thinks, I, I can't be an apostle anymore. I, I don't, I don't deserve it. And, yeah, I'd feel the same way. <laughs> and he's, he's distressed. He's anxious. He's really struggling. And, but Peter uh, is called close to Jesus. Uh, they're at Tagba beach when uh, Peter and John and Andrew and, and some others were fishing uh, and Jesus shows up on the shore and it's the resurrected Lord here. And he calls to, uh, calls to the fishermen, say, throw your nets on the other side. And they do. And there's a huge catch of fish like, oh, deja vu. This happened before Jesus did this with us a couple of years ago. It's, it's, this is the Lord. That's Jesus. And so Peter, you know, hauls off into the, the water and, and swims to Jesus. And then we have the, the great story of Jesus restoring Peter three times, uh, giving so Peter... So where's the sadness in this? I'm, I'm hearing the fear. I'm hearing the anger. Well, the, uh, and then you're beginning to hear the, the hope and the, the joy of restoration mm-hmm. that's coming with Jesus. Uh, well, as Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? Each time, Peter, Peter said, well, yes, I, I love you. And a second time, then a third time. And Jesus is gently reminding Peter of his denials and Peter feels sad and Peter doesn't feel worthy to say, Jesus, I agape you. That's Mm -hmm. the Greek word that Jesus uses. Peter, do you love me unconditionally? So Peter keeps saying, I phileo you, I phileo you. Mm. And then the third time Jesus says, Peter, do you phileo me? Do you love me as a friend? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you as a friend. And so Jesus is, is saying, I give you grace, Peter, just, just love me as a friend. That, that's mm. enough. You don't need to have perfect love. And Jesus is saying, hey, I understand your, your sadness, your uh, feelings of uh, conviction and, and regret and mm. guilt over your sin, but I'm not holding that against you. Mm. I give you grace. I'm forgiving you. I'm giving you another chance. And so three times Peter gets to say, I love you, Lord. Three times he gets to appreciate uh, Jesus' love for him. And so Jesus here is, he's the... The ultimate psychologist, and he uh, is helping Peter to work through that sense of deep uh, sadness, loss, and grief, and for Peter to be restored to his dignity uh, as an apostle who is needed and is uh, called to serve the Lord. Well, it's really helpful the way that you're showing us that Jesus draws Peter's attention to his sadness over failing and then offers. Peter Grace and 
you know, I can relate to Peter because there's areas where I feel like I'm feeling. What's, what's an example, Christy? Well, I've been feeling frustrated. Like my rhythm of life is just really disrupted right now. Mm. Uh, I just like, feel like I'm failing in my rhythm of life. And that's, um, that's hard because, I mean, I, I teach people <laughs> to, um, to have healthy rhythms of life. And mine's disrupted right now. By rhythms, you mean things like spiritual disciplines and ways that you would take care of yourself, uh, take care of your soul under the Lord. Yeah, and even things like exercise. My exercise rhythm is totally disrupted. You know, I injured myself, and so I haven't been able to recalibrate and find a new way of exercising. And um, my spiritual disciplines and my physical disciplines tend to go together. And so, like, mm-hmm. I miss the way that I used to run and have such great prayer times and scripture meditation. It was a good way to memorize scripture. Or, you know, there was a period of time when I would do... Um, the recumbent bike in in the mornings, and I would you know read some spiritual classics, and I would you know I would combine. I was able to combine my exercise rhythms with my spiritual rhythms, and right now that's totally out of sync. Right now, and I'm so you've uh, been judging yourself about this. Yeah, totally. Because I keep thinking I should be able to get this figured out, and I'm judging myself as that I'm like lazy or I'm not trying hard enough. Or I've just given up. When you're you're not giving yourself grace for the many things that you're juggling in your life right now with the new grandchild that we've received. Well, uh, I feel like I'm failing there too. I feel like know? I'm failing in my relational rhythms of life. I'm, I'm frustrated because I'm not, I f- don't feel like I've been able to find a good rhythm of life of connecting with regularly with our grandbaby. And I'm kind of missing my sisters. I feel like I haven't, you know, gotten time with them that I've been longing for. And there's been opportunities and I haven't been able to make it work. And then, you know, even friendships too. Some things have changed in some of my friends' availability in their lives. And I haven't been able to find a way relationally to make it work where I'm staying. I'm getting the connection and the time that I want with my friends and family. And yeah. So really in your heart, I'm hearing that you're sad and that you, you miss the, the relational times, having more of these with friends and with family, but it's hard for you to just stay with that sense of loss and the the desire that you have there because you start cycling through feelings of guilt and recriminations yeah. on yourself. Yeah, I'm judging myself because I'm failing in these areas and I'm probably defending against feeling the sadness because if I feel the sadness, then that's going to make me um, have to look at that probably I'm, I'm sad about aging, you know, because that's, that's probably underneath this exercise thing in terms of how easily I get injured now when I try to exercise. Mm. So I'm probably defending against that. Yeah, that's a huge loss. Yeah. That, that's hard to come to terms with. The yeah. Limitations. Yeah, because if I go into feeling the sadness over those limitations, then maybe I start to lose hope that, you know, my body's strong and healthy and able and fit as I want it to be. Mm-hmm. Well, and even your choice of the word failure, you've used that word a few times, that's a really strong word here that would sound as though you're just uh, 
a couch potato and totally unattached from your your sisters and your granddaughter, but that's not at all the case. I mean, you, you so take cool walks almost every day for, for exercise, yeah. uh, uh, walks on the beach, beach, walks around the lake. You, you are spending time with family. You are spending time with your granddaughter. It's just not as much as you would like in, yeah. in these areas. Yeah, I'm not meeting my own expectations and longings for these areas. Yeah, if we could separate the expectations and the longings, it seems that would be helpful to you because with those self-expectations is, is coming the condemnation mm-hmm. and the, this um, judging that's putting failure on you. But the, the longings, well, that's speaking of your, your desire and your needs. And speaking from that place, it's more like freeing to consider, well, what, what can you do? And there needs to set some limits maybe in other areas of your life to make more, more time for your soul in these ways. That's helpful, honey. You're helping me also identify that part of the frustration I'm feeling and the judgment is coming from I'm comparing myself to either the past, what I used to be able to do, or maybe what I see some other people are doing. Yeah, it's so easy to look at other people, especially in our world of social media. But it's easy mm-hmm. to look at our friends and see how good they seem to have it or how mm-hmm. good they're doing or how good they look mm-hmm. and then compare our sort of idealized perception of them with how we feel inadequate on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other thing you're you're saying to me is that if I look for the sadness under this frustration and under this judgment under these feelings of failure, then I would have to embrace some of the things that I can't do, that I want to do, and grieve that. And then I would have to also own that there's some areas where maybe my life really is out of balance because I'm not, I'm not making the space. I can't do it all. I'm sad about that. I can't do it all. I can't work as hard as I want to work and accomplish what I want to work, want to accomplish through work and be as relationally engaged and present as I want to be. I can't, I just, I can't do it all. I can't maintain my body to the level that I want to. And so, yeah. You have these ideals that you're not able to Mm -hmm. reach. Yeah. And if you accept that inability, there's actually a gift in accepting the limit there realizing there's a limitation and then working within that can bring relief and new opportunity. But yeah, it's hard, it's hard to do that. I struggle with that too. Yeah. And maybe, maybe I'm defending against the sadness because as long as it's just a frustration or judgment, maybe that keeps me hoping that I can change Mm. (laughs) or that like, you know, I can fix myself. Yeah. It can be fixed. Mm hmm. Yeah, well, your your vulnerability is really great here. I appreciate your your courage to just be honest about your experience with this. And it seems that uh, when you're able to freely ad- admit the desires that you have, the the longings that are there, the disappointment and the sadness, hopefully, then that's helping you to not feel alone with that and to experience some empathy and grace. And that's pulling you out of the guilt and the shame and, and the depressiveness of, of where you where you were with that. Yeah, and the judgment, how how I'm being judgmental and harsh. And that yeah, if I really you're helping me to see if I really see that 
well, that's not coming from God. He's not looking at me as a failure in these ways. Praise God for his compassion and mercies that are new every morning. And the way that Jesus was with Peter is the way that God is with all of us. And I just love that Jesus prayed for Peter, uh, that his faith wouldn't fail, we read in uh, Luke. And it's a glorious thing to think about that Jesus is praying for us that our faith won't fail. Mm -hmm. And part of the implication of that is that uh, Jesus is not so concerned about the mistakes that we make, the uh, the, uh, our shortcomings, our faults, our weaknesses, our sins. He, he's not a perfectionist. He's not imposing strict uh, standards of judgment that we do everything right and do it right the first time. Uh, we might do that to ourselves, uh, especially those of us who are perfectionists. But Jesus isn't doing that. What he's concerned is the, our, our process of learning and growing in grace. Like the proverb says, the righteous one falls down seven times. And rises again. Uh, it's the wicked one that falls and doesn't get back up again. And so part of what makes us righteous, uh, central to what makes us righteous, is the getting back up again, is the hand of grace. The hand of the Lord reaches down to us and we take hold of that hand and we get back up again. See, God is in the business of uh, the ministry of repair. And so, yeah, I think that's what you're appreciating, honey, is that lesson of that Peter learned when Jesus restored him, that, yeah, Jesus' prayer was fulfilled. Uh, He did, uh, his faith did not fail. Temporarily, he was weak in faith, but he was restored, and that restoration process, his faith became stronger than ever before. And the Peter that we see in Acts and in his epistles is a a mighty uh, disciple for Jesus, a tremendous evangelist and healer and teacher and leader and shepherd of the people uh, underneath the Jesus, the good shepherd. And that's true for all of us. When we take courage to, to follow the Lord and to be honest about our struggles and our brokenness and our sin and to receive his mercy and his grace, God is all about that process of our being restored. And that process is so much more of a conversational uh, experience and in interaction with God and with safe people, uh, which we call soul talks. Yeah. So this this has been helpful to help me see that Jesus is with me in my sadness about these things. That He cares about it, and that I can connect with Him there, rather than being in, in judgment on myself and frustration. I'm I'm not really connecting with God when I'm in those. Emotions. Yeah, that pulls you away. That yeah. pulls pulls us into isolation when we do that. And I have that same tendency to, to slip into uh, perfectionism, getting anxious and trying harder to make things work in my life and need uh, you, Christy, or a friend uh, to come alongside me and minister the presence of Christ with listening and empathy. And that hand reached out to pull me back up. Well, friends, we would love to connect with you. We're speaking October 6th on the Joyful Soul in Cerritos, California. So if you live in Southern California and you're free that Saturday, stop on by. You can learn more on our soulshepherding.org website. All of our events are posted there when we're speaking different places. And uh, it's a blessing for us to have you in this community. Jesus, yes, we thank you 
that we get to be in community together, learning from you. We thank you for the ways that you come to us and help us to locate the emotion of sadness that's underneath some of our even defensive emotions, that you're with us in there, that you care to fill us with your grace and with your love and, and bring out of that a restored joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier. We'd enjoy meeting you. It'd be great if you could come to our Soul Shepherding Institute or one of our other events. You could also have us come speak to your church or community. Soul Talks is a ministry of Soul Shepherding, and it's provided by our donors. You can help us reach more people by sharing this podcast with your friends. 